welcome to the Dork Side of the Force podcast with Susan Meg. Star Wars books have a special place for fans. They add to what we already know from the movies with extra details, background stories, or just emphasize characters or timelines. The latest book, Master and Apprentice, is one Star Wars fans have been excited for because it depicts Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn before the time of The Phantom Menace. And the current canon is actually the earliest story we have. And Master and Apprentice started off with a bang. Meg, I know you had some pretty strong feelings about that opening scene. I did. Um, it reminded me a lot of the beginning of The Phantom Menace, but it's like completely opposite, um, which is a perfect way to set up the whole premise of the book, which is Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan do not get along at all, which is not what we'd expect um, because... From what we know from The Phantom Menace, they are master and apprentice, and they move pretty much in sync, and they are pretty much, they get each other, and they know what's going on, and they follow each other's lead, and it's great, um, but not in this book. Yeah, that part was certainly interesting, seeing their dynamic, because like you said, you know, they kind of just, you know, flowed with each other at, in the movie. And here we saw the stumbling block, like we saw the saw, but we read all of, you know, the challenges that they faced because they kind of, I don't want to say they didn't, they didn't trust each other. They, they trusted each other on the battlefield, Mm -hmm. but it was like, they didn't trust each other with their emotions. Right. And there, there was a lack of communication just in everything, um, you know, not listening to each other, not understanding each other. And especially um, when Qui-Gon finds out that he's been invited to, jo- to join the Jedi Council and doesn't tell Obi-Wan about it. Um, so definitely no communication, which is extremely important when you're a Jedi and you have an apprentice or a master because both of you need to know what's going on um, in order to teach and learn. And that's not happening, especially at the beginning of this book. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, like you said, it definitely reminded me too of The Phantom Menace, but like in that opposite. But I thought there was actually several parallels to The Phantom Menace. Um, one other part that sort of reminded me of that was actually towards the end um, when they were fighting and uh, Obi-Wan kind of gets separated from Qui-Gon. And it's right. like the same, sort of the same thing when they're fighting at the end of The Phantom Menace and they get separated. right. This time it worked out in their favor. It did. Um, it did. One of one of the things actually about their relationship that I don't know. I keep thinking about this in day to day life, and it's so silly because like I I'm like trying to tell other people. I'm like, oh, that reminds me of Disparted Master Apprentice, and people, even my husband, they like to look at me like I I, I don't read those books. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> but it was when um Obi Wan or Qui Gon was saying how like he needs like. Obi-Wan needs to lighten up and loosen up a little bit. And everyone's like, you know, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because he's like, back before I became your apprentice, I, you know, I used to be a little bit of a rebel and break the rules. And they're like, and that's why the Jedi Council paired you with me, because now you wanted to do the complete opposite of what you were being told, which meant following the rules. Right. I just thought that part was really funny. Um, so one of the other things about the book, which, you know, kept, I kept, I, I highlighted all these parts, actually, because I use, I read it on the ebook, and I was highlighting all these parts, were the prophecies. 
And mm-hmm. I found the prophecies interesting because one, we got the chosen one prophecy written out for us. Finally. finally. Yeah, finally. So we don't have to go on like what people have heard or like what their interpretation of it. But there was actually one that really stuck out to me that, you know, got me thinking about where it would line up within the current timeline. Because, like, what if this prophecy is now? So this was the prophecy. When the righteous lose the light, evil once dead shall return. That definitely reminds me of Palpatine. (laughs) So it's like when the righteous lose the light, could that be uh, Luke Skywalker? Like him dying or him you know or not even dying like him going off in like in seclusion and like cutting himself off from the force right is that him losing the light and is that what brought palpatine back i have n- i have no idea but see when you first said that my first thought was ben solo um, but I'm really glad you said Luke Skywalker because that makes so much more sense, um, especially because he does cut him cut himself off from the Force. Um, and, you know, the events leading up to that, that's when Ben Solo became Kylo Ren. That's when he fell. That's when he was seduced by the dark side. So that makes so much sense. And I love it. And I love there were so many prophecies in this book that we do not have time to go over all of them. But I just kept thinking about episode nine again and again and, and again. And I'm I'm reading these prophecies and I'm like, this is not an accident. These are here for a reason. This is definitely has to be foreshadowing for this movie that's coming out later this year, the same year that the book came out. So Yeah, Disney's Disney since you know they have gotten Star Wars, they've been really I don't want to say good, but they've been good about kind of fitting pieces together. Right. You oh, know? for sure. Yeah. So it's like maybe the puzzle pieces don't always fit, but they try to do it as best as possible. So I certainly wouldn't be surprised if some of these things suddenly you're like, oh, yeah, I read that someplace before. Right. And they do it in a way where if you don't read the books, you're still going to enjoy the movie, of course, because there's plenty of fans who just go for the movies and that's totally fine. But one thing I love about reading these books is that you do get little pieces and you get little rewards along the way. And you're like, I could have done without this information. I could have survived without reading the book and I still understand everything that's happening in this movie. But it's so nice to know these little things and to feel like, oh, I'm I'm on the inside. I get what's going on. Definitely. I felt that way, too, with like any of like the movie novelizations. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah, I've always made it a purpose to read them because there's like little cutscenes or little snippets or just insight into the characters' minds of like why they did something in the movie that maybe wasn't clear to you. So I, I love reading these books. Right. Yeah. The solo novelization is one of the best by far that we've gotten in a while just because it does exactly that it expands upon the characters and you see what they're thinking what is happening and it just makes the movie so much more enjoyable to watch definitely so though we are talking about um prophecies and i have the chosen one prophecy pulled up here so i'm actually going to read it um so only through sacrifice of many jedi will the order cleanse the sin done to the nameless the danger of the past is not past but sleeps in an egg 
When the egg cracks, it will threaten the galaxy entire. When the force itself sickens, past and future must split and combine. A chosen one shall come, born of no father, and through him will ultimate balance in the force be restored. There is so much (laughs) there. There, like you could take like every other word in that and pick it apart. What does it all mean? Yeah, um, and that is like for another podcast. Just yes. Kidding. But yes. but seriously, like there's there like you said, there's so much there, and it could mean because now people are questioning like did was the chosen actually Anakin? Was it not? Could it be Ray? Could it be somebody else? It, it's caused a lot of questions anything could happen at this point and yeah there's just there's so much there and we you know we've always thought up until this point Anakin is the chosen one it's what Qui-Gon said it's um you know what the Jedi Council said and now who knows what does the chosen one even mean is it even one person we don't know yeah it's it's actually like that was that was like a four part you know four sentences and or four paragraphs to the to the um prophecy and this one when the force itself sickens past and future must split and combine that's the line that i'm sort i I keep going back over because it's like okay what past and future must split and combine yeah i i don't know like (laughs) what is it to be like does it have something to do with palpatine does it have something to do with luke i mean you know it's so you can't predict anything because so many characters that we know of are dead, but it's Star Wars, so anyone could come back. But is it, could it be Ray and Ben? You know, Ben Solo being the past because, of, you know, who his like lineage is, and Ray being the future? They must split and combine? Like, is that what, is that, is that what happened in The Last Jedi? They split and do they come back? I know, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like Disney, I'm trying to fit it in into this, like, perfect little piece i have no idea oh it's oh it makes me so excited for the movie though because well obviously because it's star wars but um we're getting so many clues small ones along the way through different things but it's all leading up to you know the end of the saga and we have no idea what any of it means and you know everyone all over the internet is trying to decipher these things and figure it out we don't know we, we like to pretend that we have an idea and we're going in kind of knowing what's going on, but we don't. It's just something's going to happen and it's, we're all going to be blown away. And But I am happy that we have these little clues along the way because it's exciting and it's giving us something to hold us over until then, but also to get us excited in little bits along the way. Certainly. Like it's, I hope I don't learn everything. You know, we talked about this last time. I hope I don't get spoiled. I hope right. there are surprises for me come you know, December 20th or whenever mm-hmm. I get to the theater. And yeah, but the, it does, same thing. Like these little things just makes me excited because I love to try to just think how it all kind of fits together. Right. I can't stop thinking about how they're going to wrap all this up in one movie. Like it's been bothering me for so long. I'm <laughs> like, okay, how long can they make it? And how, you know, is everything just going to move so fast? Like, you know, I don't know. Who knows? J.J. Uh, Abrams, he knows. Oh, he does know. And and that's it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. He's just going to do his thing and we're just all going to have to sit there and accept it. Yeah. So about Master Apprentice, like what else did you like about the book? What else stood out to you? 
Um, so Claudia Gray is by far my favorite Star Wars author in this canon so far. Um, she's one thing that has always stood out to me with her books is the way that she can take a side character who's not a main character, who's brand new, who we've never met before, and just make you fall in love with them. And they may not, you know, they're not Qui-Gon or Obi-Wan. They're these people that we've never met and that seem like they would have no significance to the story, but they just are there and you're like, these characters are amazing. Um, so in this book, she puts in um, two jewel thieves and you kind of start the book and you're like, what does this have to do with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan? Like I came for a story about these characters that I know and she just takes you on this journey and they're here and they're amazing characters. One of them was raised by protocol droids. Like how do you come up with this stuff? Um, But she does because she's amazing. And I just loved how she wove these smaller characters into the story and made them part of this bigger journey that we're all on. Um, I also loved the fact that at the beginning of the book, Obi-Wan loves flying and we all know from the movies that he hates it. And so we get this nice little um, side plot of, oh, how does he come to hate flying? And we get that, and I won't spoil it, but it's just, it's this little thing, but I smiled the whole way through, and it was amazing. Yeah, it was pretty, it, it was after I finished reading that book, I think TBS was having one of their marathons, mm-hmm. and I just happened to be up at like four in the morning, and in the scene of when like Anakin jumps into the speeder and is chasing the bounty hunter and you know you see Obi-Wan and he's visibly uncomfortable I'm like yeah you weren't like that in the book yep <laughs> I love it yeah those side characters were interesting too I was actually like feeling for them you know like it's like you said you he's like okay what's the point of them and then as the book kind of went on and on like you found yourself I found myself rooting for them Right. You know, like when they got separated, I'm like, no, <laughs> like, right. like, no, this can't be happening. Um, but definitely like they were, you know, like you said, she just writes these side characters like they're not these one dimensional characters that are just there to move the plot forward. They have their own little side stories with, you know, meaningful side stories in their own right. Right. And she's so good at that with every single book that I've read of hers, Star Wars and not Star Wars. She just does that all the time. And that's a really amazing skill to have because sometimes you have a character who's kind of just there. And you're like, why are they here? They didn't really serve a purpose. But all of her characters are just, they matter. And it makes it makes the story interesting um, and makes you really emotionally invested in these people that you're reading about and that's just what rounds out the book and it always works yeah especially too in this case like we had the princess slash queen what i'm forget what she was exactly but fanry how Mm -hmm. did you say how did you say her name i said fanry okay just making sure yeah (laughs) um so here you know in you know in my mind she's just this again just like sort of just like this character who you know as a plot device is this young character who needed you know, a Jedi regent to oversee her while you know, she came into her own. And she winds up being so much more. Mm-hmm. And it was just, yeah. What did you, how, how did you feel about Fanry? I think, I'm pretty sure you loved her. <laughs> um, So I didn't know what to think of her at first. And, you know, you kind of feel bad for her because she lost her parents and she's kind of being raised by this um, 
unconventional Jedi and is trying to figure everything out and she has to rule this planet and, you know, you don't really know how she's feeling. And then, um, you know, that plot twist, um, you find out that she's just so much more than uh, she seems. And um, I want to know what happened to her after this book. Um, again, with the characters that you're not sure about and then you're so invested in them. Um, you know, she ends up kind of being like a villain toward the end, but you still are like, you feel bad for her and you want to know that she's going to be okay. And that is a sign of a really great well-rounded character um in star wars of all things and I'll, you just you if you go back after reading the book once and you pay attention there's hints all throughout that she's not the person that you think she is um but you don't notice it the first time it's hidden so well and i just i love i hate her and i love her <laughs> and yeah you know, like for people who are listening, I'm sure if you've gotten this far, you realize, like, spoiler alert, like, we're, you know, we're right. talking about parts of the book. Yes, we are um, spoiling the entire yeah. thing. <laughs> um, for sure. Like, Fanry was, a, like, again, a, a fine character. And then, you know, in the same way, I, you know, I fell for her. You know, it's like, you know, she's had kind of a, you know, kind of a tough life. You know, mm-hmm. she's an orphan. She's being raised by, like you said, this unconventional Jedi who kind of sees her as this little girl and is not ready for her to grow up because he has his own backstory and issues that he's coming with. Right. And then the suddenly like the twist and the turn and you're like, oh, okay. Cause I'll say this while it happened, while it was surprising that it happened, it wasn't surprising that she would do that. You know, it was, right. it, it made, it made sense. I guess is the best way to put it. Like it made sense because she was still somebody who loved her people. You know, she loved her planet and, you know, she didn't want Zerka to take it over essentially. Right. Speaking of Zerka, one of the, uh, I guess, exciting points too is they're back. They are back. They're in canon again. Woohoo. <laughs> So, yeah. I um, I saw that I saw that name and I was like, wait, is that the same thing? And I looked it up and I was like, it's here. <laughs> They've brought it back. Yeah. So this way, th- this gives them so much room to do more with like these kind of like nameless and faceless operations, and they could be anywhere and everyone giving them more room within a canon to sort of expand on stories that like you can't always have like a Sith or you know somebody along that nature to be the bad guy right and in this way like the bad guy is just a bad guy yeah yeah you can't always have like the empire or the rebellion sometimes it's just a business doing bad stuff and I like that. I like the variety. I, and I do like, as you said, the opportunity. It opens up for more stories and um, more evil that's not, you know, straight up, I'm a Sith. I'm just a bad, bad, bad person. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on The Master Apprentice? It is so good. I think it's my favorite Star Wars book that has come out so far. We've gotten three stories. So we had 
Queen Shadow and then this book and then Dooku Jedi Lost, which was the audio drama. Um, definitely my favorite. I was, I, you know, I had a high expectations for Claudia Gray as I always do. And she definitely delivered me. I have watched the Phantom Menace since then. And, you know, watching their relationship as it is in that movie is a little bit different now knowing where they came from. It's definitely worth reading. Um, if you want more backstory to how things developed and you want some Jedi drama and um, I think it's worth it. I think Star Wars fans who have watched the prequels and know these characters will definitely enjoy that story. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you have Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon together again, because, you know, they were one of the strongest parts of The Phantom Menace was their relationship. And unfortunately, we didn't get enough of it. So I think this definitely fills that void of bringing back those characters. I know people have wanted, you know... And Obi-Wan Kenobi standalone, whether it's like before The Phantom Menace or in the time between, you know, episodes three and episode four, like, you know, what was he doing on Tatooine for all those years? Right. Um, I think this definitely helps fill that void. For sure. Yeah, and I agree. Like, go out and read the book. It is it is wonderful. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, It's one of the things, you know, I, I have a long commute to work, so I get to, you know, I read the book and... It didn't last me as long as I would have liked because I just sort of plowed through it. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, Meg. And, you know, keep listening and we'll see you at Dork Side of the Force. Bye bye.